I tell you, it's great. 11 episodes in, and, well, I haven't gotten tired yet. Glad to have you along here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Well, my guest this time around is a guy who uh, defies description, really. Uh, This guy I've known for a long time. I've seen him and caught up with him throughout the years. Uh, Just uh, uh, one of those heart and soul type guys, but also... Uh, quite the character. Okay, I will say that. He is quite a character, and I'm sure he's got a million stories to tell, and I'm looking forward to hearing a bunch of them, or at least the ones that we can tell. Anyhow, but uh, this guy, uh, he was something else, man. He wore number 20 today and uh, was part of the team that finished runner-up in the nation uh, in 1997. A game that was the championship game was played right here in our own backyard at Sylvania Tamoshanner. And then in 1998, we had to go all the way out to Simi Valley, California to bring home the trophy as we uh, won the national championship. And, of course, I'm talking about uh, number 20 in the program, uh, number one in your hearts, the one, the only, the pride of Fort Wayne, Mr. Michael Kellemeyer. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Oh, good, Mick. I appreciate it. Thanks for the intro. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's been it's been a while, buddy. Um, you know, it's funny, you know, you you and I and of course some of the guys from that team in 98, we st- all still keep in touch. Uh, you know, Brick, uh Avink, uh Justin Benjamin, uh just guys like that that we all keep in touch with from time to time, Jeppy, um and stuff. It's been it's been a ride and uh I'm trying to think, you know, you know the funny part is is that our real introduction isn't that just that year. I mean, it was prior to that. I mean, that's what the momentum built up because Toledo had some really outstanding teams back in the 90s. And, of course, uh, a lot of people don't realize 97 was a, was a pretty much a banner year, too. We just came up short in the championship game. But, by gosh, we I mean, the talent was there. Yeah, I mean, we had so many good players that year. I mean, Jason Reniger, uh, Coombe, the Deitch brothers, uh, Kyle Jennings, Rob Kroll. I mean, we had so many good players. And then, and then, and then we got the blockbuster trade from Motor City was Sean Cass. And uh, oh yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's so funny that we got Cass because he was the, he was the leading scorer of the league that year, and. Uh, and, and he, he had caused some issues in Motor City. I think he had just uh, was on like a 10 or 15 game suspension for beating up the Zamboni driver in uh, <laughs> St. Louis in the locker room. And so, oh. and so Motor City just wanted to get rid of him. And I think, I mean, we probably traded, traded him for like 50 bucks and like four used pucks. And we just got to steal a <laughs> deal on him. <laughs> oh, my God. That is too funny. Well, oh, yeah, now I mean, that's not, that's true. Like he beat up the Zamboni driver playing for Motor City. I think that he was like the last guy in the locker room. The Zamboni driver was trying to clean it up and came in and tried to shoot Cass out, and and Cass beat him up and got like uh, got a pretty good suspension for it. Oh my gosh, that is that's precious. I need to get Cass on this just for that alone. <laughs> Yeah, just for that alone. He was in my roommate a couple years later, um, and he was just, he was funny, man. He was just, you know, he was one of the, the best goal scorers that I've ever played with, but he was also one of the dirtiest players that I've ever played with, too. Like, he, he had two of those. Like, 
pure goal scorer, put him in slot. He was scoring, but you know, you turned your back on him and he was going to chop you. Like it was, it was, it was, you were getting it from him. That's for sure. So, So like, I mean, well, first off, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's get to the back to the basics. What, uh, what got you into a Cherokee uniform? So, you know, I, I started, I started the year after. And so the second season of the Cherokees in, uh, I think it was like 94, 95. And I just had happened to, to go up to Sylvania for the mid-ams, for the mid-am tryouts for, for our district. And, and I remember after one of the games, actually, you know, you back, we'll back that up. We, I had Zion was my coach at Midams, And I remember he was making lines and he was, he was adjusting them by the, where you played. And so I remember he, he was making up lines and guys are like, you know, Mount Lebanon, Hornets, AAA, that's a team out of Pittsburgh. And he's putting them on lines with kids from Culver and he's matching them up. And then he got to me. I remember, I'll never forget it. He asked me, he said, he calls my name and and I say it, and he, and he asked where I played, and I said, Fort Wayne High School Hockey. And his next words were, go sit at the end of the bench. <laughs> like, he didn't oh, even like... put me on a line. I was so upset. I was so, like, I was so, like, crushed. And I remember the next, the first shift I went out, I think, I, I mean, I'm almost positive I scored. And, uh, and then he finally started to, like, move me up the ranks of the, uh, of the lineup. And after the game, I remember uh, a player, John Cotton, he ended up being my roommate uh, that, that year that I played in Toledo in 94, 95. But I remember he came in and he said, uh, Chuck LeMay wants to talk to you. And I didn't know who Chuck was. And, and Chuck talked to me and, and invited me to camp. And, and there I was. I was, I was a Cherokee. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's awesome. Now, uh, you know, the thing is, the, of course, you come to Toledo. Uh, what were you expecting as far as, uh, you know, what heading into this whole new world of juniors versus what you had been accustomed to in Fort Wayne? Yeah. So in, in Fort Wayne, I was, I was the big fish in the little pond. You know, I was the, the goal scorer and, and I came to Toledo and I kind of expected the same thing and that just didn't happen. I mean, I remember, my first game, I was healthy scratched. And I was, again, just like devastated. I was 17. I was young, uh, just moved away from home. And, and I was a healthy scratch. But, but it was great. I mean, it was a, it was a great experience. I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have asked for, for you know, a better, a, a better first season. I, I had to learn how to play defense. And, and that, wasn't, um, that wasn't always fun for me. I was going to say, because you were, you always had the hands, but uh, I mean, that's one of the thing, the hallmarks of, of Searing and, and Omi and uh, Zion is uh, you had to be able to uh, come back and help your D out, you know, as far as, uh, you know, trying to break up plays and transitions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Zion was a pretty big stickler in the defensive zone. And he basically told me, like, listen, you better learn how to play D. And um, if you don't, if you don't, 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 can't play both sides of the puck, then, then you're just not going to play. And, and so, I mean, I worked hard and, you know, I just, I wasn't, uh, I just, I wasn't ready to play at that level. I think, you know, there wasn't, at that time, there just wasn't that many teams to play on. You know, there was only 
two junior A leagues that had like eight teams each on them uh, in them. So 16 junior A teams. And then there was four junior B, four junior B leagues. And that was it. Like that was all there was. So the hockey was, you know, there was a lot of players. There was a lot of players looking for, you know, looking for teams. And there just, there just wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of, of um, teams for all these good players to play on. So I, you know, it took me a year to kind of, to kind of get my bearings and, and be ready to play, um, you know, and, and make an impact in the lineup. Well, let me ask you, Kel, you know, the other thing too, you got the maturation process is usually in your first year where you start to go from uh, just being happy to be there to <clears throat> really trying to define what your role is on a team and, uh, talk about that first, those first couple of years there. I mean, uh, as far as uh, where you billeted and uh, what it was like in the locker room at that time. Sure. So, yeah, I was the young guy, right? Like most of the players that were coming in at the time were 18, 19, 20, had just graduated high school. And I was just a junior in high school. So my first year I billeted with um, – the, the Kirkles, which was John Cotton's parents. And John Cotton was a defenseman on the team. And they lived in Perrysburg, and they were awesome. They were uh, just a great family and, and just included me right away. I remember my parents dropped me off. It was, it was late one night, and they just dropped me off. And, and there I was. I was always I was a, I was afraid to get in the refrigerator because it just felt so awkward. I'd never – it was the first time I met them. And, and here I am, like, just injected into their family. But – you know, they welcomed me and, and I, I couldn't say anything like that was a great first billet family that I had. And then, so the first year I just, I, like you said, I was just trying to get my bearings and, and just make my mark. And I didn't feel like I was good enough to go try out anywhere else the next year. So I, I just decided that, you know, we had had a pretty, we had a, a, a decent year. I believe we won the gold cup. And so we, we went to nationals, uh, but we didn't even win a game. And, uh, mm. the next season I came back and I tore my ACL pretty like in the middle of the season. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was tough, but I was starting to make a, make an impact and, and score some goals. And I tore my ACL and the doctor told me that I could just rehab it in the, I could play the rest of the year on it as long as it wasn't too painful. And then, uh, and then I could just get, get it fixed in the summer and then just come back for a third year, which brings us to that 97 or the 96, 97 season, which is kind of where things started to really take off for the team. Well, let me, let me, yeah, let me ask you about that. Uh, talk about the, the chemistry in, in the first couple of years versus the transition of what it was like in 96, 97. Well, in the first couple of years, again, I was, I was still in high school. You know, a lot of the guys were older. And, and so you looked up to them, but you were like, you were kind of scared of them, you know, because they were like 20. They were doing things that, that adults did, you know. I mean, they were going out partying. Mm -hmm. and, and I just couldn't, you couldn't do it because I was living with, you know, I was living with uh, families. And I was still in high school. And I was just like... I don't know. I felt like I was a good kid 
So I, I just, uh, I didn't really tar- partake in all of the stuff that was going on, like all the shenanigans until I was out of school. It was tough to do stuff on the school nights when, you know, you had to go to school the next morning. Yeah. So, uh, but, so let's talk about that. Uh, oh, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, no. And then in 97, yeah. And then that 96, 97 season, I was, I had graduated high school. So I was, I had, uh, you know, I was just coming back off tearing my ACL and, uh, I had had it repaired in the summer, and so now we're in the, in the 96, 97 season, and, and now we've got a really good team. You know, now we've had a good team. We've got good chemistry. We've got, you know, guys that have played there for a couple of years, you know, Renegar, Brandon Rogers, um, who else? Yeah, I mean, some, some, you had a really good nucleus of players. Those are the only things, Cass, I mean, those are the guys I can think of right off the bat. Um, I think Jennings was in that for in that 96, 97, wasn't he? 96, 97. Yeah. Jennings was there, but I think that was his first year. He had, he had come from Kalamazoo and that was his first season. Yeah. Then you had the Deitch brothers who were, you know, great hockey players. You had, uh, let's see, JD ring, who was, you know, I mean, a guy only played 13 games in, in, in a Cherokee uniform. That guy has got like 250 penalty minutes. Uh, let's see, Avink, Gary Thomas, you know, you had a, just a lot of like good players that year in 96, 97. And, and you're right. We went to, uh, we made it all the way to the nationals. And I don't think that we were expected to get past Apple Corps and we beat them. We beat them two to one. And I mean, it was an amazing game and Tama was jam packed. I remember that because uh, Adam Pobiak stood on his head. Yeah, Pobiak played really well. I remember, you know, Pobiak was so funny. We would shoot pucks at him in practice, and he would be we, like, when we were standing lines in the corners, we would shoot pucks at him. He would just snap on us. He never wanted a puck in his net, not even during practice. If there was one in it, he would take it out. So we would constantly just try to rattle him by shooting pucks in the net, and he would get so mad at us. But man, he was a, he was a different breed. That's when goalies, you know. Goalies are weird, but he was a good goalie. Big and of course, too. he had, yeah, he's a big kid. And I remember you had the chops going that year because they was yeah. the sideburns were all in the rage back then. Yeah, he wouldn't wash his hair. He didn't wash his hair for like two months straight because he oh liked the, like greasy looking. Yeah, oh. weird. goalies are weirdos. Yes, they are. My gosh, that's living proof if ever there was any. Well, you know, Mike, I think the other thing now that you know, we, we think about is that that year we got so close and I know that everyone was chomping at the bit to get the win and to win the championship at home. That was so big, uh, for not only Toledo, but Sylvania for small, for Toya, for all the uh, amateur hockey here in Toledo, uh, in the area. They, I mean, just the idea of being able to, uh, win a national championship was what drove everybody, uh, but came up short. But before we get to that, let's talk about the some of the things that we, you know, some of the games that went on there. What were, what was the, uh, what would you say was probably outside of the championship game itself? What was probably the toughest game that you guys played? Would you say it was Apple Corps? Well, remember, we almost didn't get to go to nationals that year because we had to like we didn't get an automatic buy just because we um, were hosting nationals. We had to win. We did. So in that, at that time, you either had to win the league or win the Gold Cup. And then either one like then they would send two teams. So they'd send the winner of the league 
and the winner of the gold cup to, to nationals. And we didn't win the league. So we had to win gold cup and we went to, it was a triple overtime game with motor city to, uh, to, to win gold cup, to get to nationals. So like, if we didn't win that game, we wouldn't have even been at nationals that year. Wow. Yeah. So, so in, that- in that game, in that game, I'll tell you, and I tell him all the time too, is um, Rob Curl. Like, what a clown, right? What a character that guy is. <laughs> but he, uh, we're in gold. We're, we're like playing for the like the championship game, a gold cup. We're in like it's tied going into like the, we're in the third period, and he skated down their bench, Motor City's bench, and he hit on the way back up the ice. He hit everybody in the head with his stick, like slap shot. <laughs> and, and the referees laughed like it was the Tallman brothers who who refed a lot of our games and uh they gave up they they didn't give him like a bench mind they, he didn't, they didn't give him a two-minute penalty they gave him a 10-minute misconduct which you know I mean Kroll was he was a uh he was a good player but like you know a two-minute minor would have killed us at moments. that point yep he had his so, moments uh, yeah, so they did us a favor by just giving them a time of misconduct and get them out of our way for ten minutes. But uh, yeah, I always tell them like if you would have got a two minute minor for that, and we would have, and they would have scored, we would not be friends at, like ever again. And so uh, he he always gets a good laugh out of that. But yeah, he he went down and hit everyone in their head with the stick. Like I I couldn't believe it. Like talk about the worst timing ever. That's when he did it. You know, I was gonna say you might do that early in the season. Maybe before Christmas, but you don't do that. Not not at Gold Cup, or at, no, at any t- I mean, or any time after in the new year. You just don't. No, that's yeah, nuts. Don't do that. Yeah, it's crazy. It was it was pretty funny to look back on, but yeah, he did that. Or I, I remember we were playing in Metro that same year. Uh, we were playing the Metro Jets, and it was like I don't know. Cass was on our team at that point, so it was probably late in the season. And it was like a Friday or Saturday night game. It was like a Friday night game. It was in between the second and third period. Zamboni's coming on to resurface, and we're coming off the ice. And someone from the stands jumps down and jumps Cass and starts a melee outside. And, and like, we're, we don't know what, like, what's going on, right? So we go, and we're, like, trying to help Cass out. We're, like, pairing up with guys on the ice because we don't know. Like, it's just a fan fighting Cass. And so we get shuffled back into the locker room. And, you know, the coaches start to calm us down. And all of a sudden, I'm not kidding you. It's like a scene out of Slapshot. But cops come into our locker room. And they're taking cats <laughs> out of locker room. And Searing's trying to give his speech, you know, in between periods. And we're like, we're yelling lines from Slapshot. Like, call the pizza guy. Like, call, like you're only going to get one phone call. <laughs> and Searing was, I remember he was so mad at us. And it was, it was so funny. But, yeah, they took him out. Like, he could only take his skates out. And then I think they just took him out in handcuffs. And like, we I don't want know, the answers. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was so funny, man. Two cops came in, and they just took Cass right out of the locker and and we had i think we went on and played that game i don't know if we won or not but man that was that was funny that was like man what just happened here crazy we've had we had more than our fair share of skirmishes with uh with the law at hockey game uh, i remember one time we had uh oh gosh i think we were in chicago for or not in chicago we were up in uh, flint and we were playing chicago and it was for, I think it was a tournament. It was like a showcase. And 
<laughs> I mean, everybody got into it on the on the ice. The guys that didn't dress uh, got got into it off the ice. Uh, let's see, of course, fans being fans got into sure. it, and of course, I'm right next to the to the uh, Chicago broadcaster, and he looks at me and he goes. Do we have to? I said no. <laughs> he thought, he oh, was he worried we were going to have to like throw the mitts. I yeah, mean, the, just I mean, vendors were getting into it. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, just just stuff like that. I mean, we've had, and there are a number of other cases like that where we've had instances where uh, people just get a little too feisty. I got a, I, I got a couple other podcasts I'm looking forward to. Uh, in regards to that, but I'll, I'll save those for later. But so anyway, so so 97, get to the championship game. What was it like going into that game that night? Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you get the Cherokee. I don't think we were the home team that night, even though we're playing on our home ice. No, we weren't. We had to we we actually had to uh, I believe we had to dress at the other end of the rink. And uh, we tried to, I remember they tried to let us dress like, like normal where we were comfortable in the same locker room, even though we were, we were away. And um, I believe we were, we were playing the Kodiaks, Minnesota Kodiaks. And they said, absolutely not. So we, uh, we had to dress at the other end uh, of the rink. And, and really we were, you know, we were nervous. We were happy to be there. Uh, we just weren't ready, you know, to, to, we weren't ready to win that game. Um, we thought we were. We would come off a big win against Apple Corps, but we we just weren't. It wasn't our time, you know. It wasn't. We weren't ready for it. Um, well, I re- I remember the thing I remember about the Apple Corps game is that uh, we all, there was a couple of future NHLers on in that game. Uh, the Scuderi brothers, Rob and Ken yeah. Scuderi. Yeah, and I mean, you don't for- remember that. I don't remember that at the time, you know. But yeah, I mean, they were they were solid. They were they were definitely the team to beat. I mean, we it was supposed to be Apple Corps versus Minneapolis Kodiaks or Minnesota Kodiaks for the championship games. It was not supposed to be the Toledo Cherokees in that game. Nope, was, not they, at all. We weren't we weren't supposed to be in that game at all. Yeah, I mean that. I just remember, like I said, the D really backed up, uh, uh, stayed in front of uh, Adam. Pobiak and kept him and then he stood on his head I mean he made some just some 10 bell saves and just uh really really came through and I'm trying to remember was Wheaton in the backup that game or was that next no, year that was the next year I don't remember who the backup was in 96 maybe David David Madden Madden but I, yeah I'm not sure who the who the backup was uh, or who are our, our second goalie was that season i remember the following sure. season it was ronnie wheaton and sam horton yep and we yeah he he was he, we'll get into him in a minute but uh, but anyway just so so uh that game though the championship game in 97 the uh it was just so nip and tuck i mean it was frustrating to to watch and call that game because it was like, it, I mean, I guess I, that was probably one of the few times where I couldn't separate my fandom from doing my job as a broadcaster. I, I was so just completely bought in to us winning that thing on home ice that uh, I, it was so difficult for me to do that. 
So I just looked at it, you know, from that standpoint. But I still think that, you know, that was a game that uh, Toledo deserved to win. I mean, I know you you said, you know, you didn't feel like you guys were ready. But the talent on that team was so strong. And uh, I just felt like that was a team that just, it deserved to win, but it was just a bad bounce of the puck. And I won't ask Rob Kroll about that, but. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, Kroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, again, it was one of those things where um, we played a bit nervous that, you know, because, again, we had never been in a position like that. We had never been in, in, in such a big game. None of us had played in a game like that. And we didn't we just didn't know how to act. And, and many Minneapolis had played in that. They lost the championship game the year before. And so, you know, it's kind of a precursor to what is going to come in 97-98, you know, of what what happens. The, the, the team loses. They get prepared. They get ready. They bring back a bunch of veterans, and, and then they, they win. So, Well, yeah, let's, let's, talk, let's, let's finish up 97. Uh, so, you know, the, it was a two-to-one loss, I believe. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a real bummer. It was a heartbreaker for you, but oh, I think sure. it was probably more so. I would think for the guys that that was going to be their last game, you know, yeah, the you, renters of the world. And, absolutely, you know, you felt terrible for you know Jason Reniger and and Rob Kroll and Sean Cass and and you really felt for those guys because you knew that your time was coming, you know, and and to be honest, like that was going to be my last year. I mean, for me personally, I'd been there three years, you know, like we didn't win. I was going to be 20, like it's time to move on. Right. But like, you just can't get that close. And so, yeah, it was just, it was heartbreaking. It was, it was one of the hardest things, you know, in my hockey career that I had to deal with at that time, you know, it was that loss. It was, it was tough. So I remember, and you got all summer to think about it. And I just debated whether I was going to go to school or whether I was going to come back one more year. And uh, I remember calling well, Siri in the summer mm-hmm. and, and saying like, what, like, you know, what's the deal? Like what kind of team are we, you know, what kind of team are, is, are you going to put together? Like, what, what are we looking for? Like, and he's like, listen, like we are putting together a team that's going to win a national championship. And I, that's when I just made a decision. Like I'm back for, I will play one more year. Like that was, that was the only goal, like to win a national championship. That, so go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, there was, like, losing was not an option at that point for any of us. For anybody mm-hmm. that was coming back, losing was not an option. Now, that year, okay, so 97-98, uh, I mean, you guys came out of the shoot rocking. I mean, I think the whole year you lost, what, three games? Three games, yeah, but we went through a stretch. It was really funny. Like, we went through a stretch um, – between Thanksgiving and Christmas where we didn't win a game. We didn't lose, but like that's when games were just like end in ties. And I think mm-hmm. we tied, like we tied quite a few games that year. And, but we were still like, had only lost three games, like or not even at that point, maybe one game at Christmas. And the coaching staff had us convinced that like, we weren't even going to make nationals. Like for some reason, I, I mean, we could have just done the numbers ourselves, but we were like so convinced that we weren't even going to win. Like, we weren't even going to get invited because we just kept tying games. And then yeah. we just turned it around after Christmas. And, I mean, we just, like, steamrolled teams. 
And that was, I mean, my goodness, that was, I remember we played, I think we played a game. Did we play a game that year at the sports arena? Where the I, no, I don't think we ever, no, we never played a game at the sports arena. Um, that but, may have been a year later. Yeah, it, it, yeah, we never played at the sports arena, but I, I do remember um, in that 97-98 season, that was the year we had the apartment, too. Oh, boy. We could tell oh, some stories about the apartment. Uh, okay. Well, well, we'll venture there uh, uh, gingerly. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, we'll uh, tread lightly there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, good thing there was no camera phones back then. We'd all be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, okay. Uh, anyhow, now, now back then, of course, being a 20-year-old, uh, who were the guys that uh, that? Because, I mean, a matter of fact, I think that was the only year they had a part the apartment for the players, didn't they? I think that I was think probably that was the only one. No, uh, there might have been another one, but I think that was it. That was they put the kibosh on that pretty quick. Um, yeah, but there was five of us, and we lived in a three bedroom apartment, and uh, it was uh, me, uh, John Avink or Hank Avink, uh, Gary Thomas. Brandon Rogers and Nick Dietchen. Oh my God, Dietchen! <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, uh, I start laughing thinking about Nicky because he was a piece of work. So, oh. so here's a good one. You like this, Mick? So uh, every Thursday night we would have practice at like it was late, like nine o'clock, like nine o'clock practice. So on Thursday nights we would we would run home from practice. We are, we'd shower at the rink, we'd run home, we'd change clothes, and then we would take the, um, we would put the computer on the internet so that if the coaches called, it would, they would just get a busy signal because it was dial-up. Remember we had dial-up oh, yeah. then? Yeah, 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 I and know, what a concept, would, but yeah. And then we would go to the bar. So we would go to the bar <laughs> every every Thursday. And I mean, it, it was like, it was like, like Stum would, Derek Stum would skip high school and go to the bar with us on Thursday nights. It was it was out of control, and uh, the one night we walk into the bar, and we're we're walking around, and I and I I don't know how we did it, but every time they would like give us wristbands, like we were twenty one and over, and so like that's bad news, right? And we yeah. have got like drinks in our hand, and we run into Omi's sister at the bar. Oh her, no! Yeah, her sister and her uh, I, I don't know if it was her fiance or her boyfriend. I think she's married to the guy now, but. But yeah, we run into her and she's like, her jaw hits the ground and our jaws hit the ground. And we're like, what? <laughs> and she's like, what are you guys doing here? And then we like have to buy them drinks the rest of the night so she never rats us out. So, homie, <laughs> now you know, your sister never yeah. rats us out. Or maybe she yeah, did and he didn't care. <laughs> no, that, that wouldn't be T.O. She probably, if, typical Omi, she probably held, kept her lips shut. But, um, so, like, uh, did, did that cost you guys a pretty penny? Yeah, I think they took advantage of us that night, her and her boyfriend. But they got free drinks the rest of the night, that was for sure. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, so, uh, I mean, uh, obviously, five guys, three bed, uh, and all the freedom in the world. Oh, boy. Yeah, but, it was uh, pretty bad. We had uh, – Zion would drop in on us every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he would make uh, wellness checks and make sure that we were eating okay and that we were, you know, our, our, we didn't have a bunch of booze in the house or, or, uh, or beer, which we, we didn't really. We didn't. 
And, uh, and then every Thursday, or one of the nights, it was like Wednesday night, night we didn't have practice, John Jepson's mom, she would invite us over for dinner because uh, she felt bad for us that, you know, we weren't getting a home-cooked meal. So we would, uh, yeah, it was awesome. So we would go over to the Jepson's house and, and have uh, dinner every, I think it was Wednesday night, Tuesday or Wednesday night. And uh, oh my. little Jeff Jepson be running around. He was little. John, oh, of course, his mom and dad—they were awesome. Yeah, Carol, I, I I still keep in touch with Carol. She also works at where I work, so I see her all the time. Oh, very so cool. she's awesome. Make sure you uh, you tell her I said hi. I promise I will. Now, so you guys and, and put in a request for the pineapple chicken. <laughs> Consider it done. I'm sure she'll have she'll have a few stories for me too, but. Uh, so you guys, you guys navigate through uh, this season, and uh, it was, you know, uh, who was probably with your memory. I think you might remember this. Who would probably be your guys' biggest uh, rivalry or opponent that year in the league? The, in the league, it was always St. Louis. And St. Louis would always get good team. They would always have a good team. Um, Motor City was always pretty decent. I actually, I think Motor City beat us in the Gold Cup that year. They did. They beat us in the Gold Cup. They were the second team to go to Nationals. But I think that we had already we already knew that we had punched our ticket to go, and we were just kind of we were just kind of on cruise control. And our only focus was was in the Gold Cup. Like we had we had a, the bigger picture in mind at that point. But I know that the coaching staff was not happy that we had lost a gold lost in Gold Cup. And but, you know, at the same time, you know, again, the internet was pretty new, but I, I'll, I remember that there was a lot of trash talking, I guess you'd use trash talking, uh, with mm-hmm. the Alaska All-Stars on the internet, which mm-hmm. was bad. Like it was, who's the best team? Is it Alaska or is it, United, or is it Toledo? And you would have to use like message boards and like, and we, and we would go back and forth with allegedly we would go back and forth with Alaska, but I don't know who what really was, who the guys were, were behind the keyboard, but it, it got pretty nasty where, where USA hockey got involved at one point. Wow. Or at least what we were told was USA hockey's involved and, and they're looking and, but I mean, at the time you couldn't really track that, that, that time you really couldn't track it, but yeah, I mean, there was a pretty big, yeah, it was it was a rivalry. We hadn't even played each other yet, but I think that yeah. was, was going to be our first game in Nationals was against Alaska, which well, has no, that great picture that goes along with it too. Yeah, well, actually, that was not the first game that we oh, played. Oh, was it? Okay, game. who was the first one? Uh, New Mexico. Okay, uh, are you sure? Yeah, it was a team from New Mexico because we played. Uh, I remember a defenseman, Mike Wolf. That guy, he bare, he he got uh, came off the ice at the end of the second period, and some junior A team signed him to a contract. Oh uh, well, we play. I remember we played them the year before in in Toledo. Oh wait, in wait, Sylvania. you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I take that back. It was Sylvania. That's where yeah, that was. He, because remember, they didn't wear face masks. Like nothing. No, we still had to wear face masks. They had nothing on. Yep. And he was a and, terror out there. Yeah, he was a beast. I mean, he was probably six seven, six six, Full something beard. like that. Yeah, so <laughs> he was so a man child. Um, yeah, he was. He was a big boy, but 
and I've got the video to prove it. So I'll, I'll, I'll shoot that over to you and I've got it on YouTube somewhere. But okay. I actually, we go into the corner together and right as he's getting ready to hit me, remember, he's not wearing a face mask. I am. I'm way smaller than he is. And I cross check him right in the chin and he goes down and he goes crazy. But it was pretty sneaky because it was like right where he was going to like hit me. And he ends up with like, he ends up getting a 10 minute misconduct because he snaps because he just got cross checked in the face and there was no call. And, uh, I, I mean, I got away with one, but it's like, it toned him down for the rest of the game. Like he wasn't coming near anyone. Like it was crazy, man. Oh man. No, yeah, uh, a- I'm trying to think who, who did we play in that first game? Now I got to remember that out in Simi Valley. I mean, I remember the teams we played, we played, uh, well, we played Alaska, we played Minnesota, then we did play a team from, from where did we play? Like in the semifinals, we played, uh, I think it was New Mexico. I think that was the New Mexico game because I played with a kid. I played with a kid at Eastern, Dimitri Gibrano, who played for that, for that team and that we beat in the semifinals. Okay. Was it I the- believe they were from New Mexico. No, Alaska. No, because Alaska was a semi, I thought. Uh, Fairbanks Ice Dogs? Fairbanks was, they were the, fir- they were the first or second game. Because we, the we se- were, it was the second they game to, then. Yeah, because they, um, they came out and like, it was three, they were beating us 3-1 going into the first period. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of like, we were like, oh boy, like we're in one. Like we're, this is not good. And I remember us sitting in a locker room and we're just ready to get like our butts chewed out and Searing and Omi and Zion come in and, and they completely flip the script on us and they tell us what a great period we played. And we're just like looking at each other like we're down three to one, like we're going to lose it. We're going to be out of this, the national championship before like the semifinals because you've got to win all five games. You can't you can't backdoor your way into a national championship into the into the semifinals. But yeah, I remember they, they were like. They were like, oh, that was a great period, guys. And we just kind of all looked at each other like, they're crazy. Like, we're losing. We don't lose. We haven't lost all year. Like, all of a sudden, we're losing. And uh, we scratched and clawed back, and we tied it up and went into overtime and beat them in overtime. That was yep. the only Stummer time we led in the game shot. was overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Stum- and that Stum- didn't uh, – wasn't Coom in the box? He just come out of the box for that? He might have come I, – I don't remember. I, I know – I, I don't know. Have you ever seen that picture that Thiessen has? Yes. So that, that was a picture. Yeah. So I was on the ice with I was on the ice with um, with Stum, but I don't remember. I think you're right. I think Coom just came out of the box. We killed a penalty. He came out of the box and we scored. Stum scored and we we won. And that I mean that was that was the national championship game. The second game of you know, the second game of of, of nationals. Yeah, because that was uh, it was the quasi national championship game. Because I mean, after that, uh, whoever we played in the third game, and then uh, Suffolk was in the championship game, the yeah, Silver and Shields. And Suffolk was us the year before. They were just they weren't they were happy to be there. And yeah, we ha- we were on a mission. But you remember, I you know, I, gosh, there's so many stories too. Do you remember? I don't know if you went. I don't remember if you were there, but when they started the national championship, when they started that, it was in, in Simi Valley, and the uh, they had a banquet before, and it was at the Ronald Reagan oh, Museum. 
Yeah, at the library. Yeah, no, I wasn't because I was I flew in separate and my okay. plane my plane had all kinds of issues in midair sure. over the Rockies. So, gotcha. yeah, I mean, it 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 scared the living crap out of me. Uh, the, let's put it this way. This Indian woman, this little Hindu woman that was sitting next to me across the aisle from me in the plane, when when we started bouncing all over the place, she looks at me, she goes, do you know something, sir? You'd make a good, very good preacher. <laughs> I was, I was scared. I was scared. I didn't, I've never, I was not, I was not much of a flyer still. I think, matter of fact, that was the last time I flew. No Was way. that, yeah, that, that, that day or coming back. Oh from that. my gosh. You know, and that reminds me of, we were on that flight from, from Detroit to LA and again, mm -hmm. pre 9-11. And we, I remember it was a pretty big plane that we were on and we were playing, we were playing poker or some sort of drop game and we're sitting in the aisles and there's a lot of cash. And like, I'm, you know, at the time, I think it was, it was like a hundred dollar pot. There was hundred dollar pots. Mm -hmm. And I remember a lady, it was a family sitting like right, like she was watching us play and she was just so disgusted with us that we were young <laughs> and playing like gambling all this money. It was so, I, I still never forget it. She just like, she was like, do your parents know what you're doing? I remember she was like trying to <laughs> scold us. And we we're just like, get out of here, lady. Like, but she was so mad at us for like gambling. And I think she was with her kids and they were watching. And it, it was pretty funny. I, I won't forget that. But then we get to then we get to L.A. and we, we had L.A. traffic. So like we got to go to this banquet and we're in L.A. traffic. So we show up late. Like we're late. Like we walk in late. You know, the party mm -hmm. started and here come the Toledo Cherokee. And, um, I remember we just walked in with so much swag too. Like we were just like, champs are here. Like, just give us like, I don't even know why we're playing this thing. Like, just give us the trophy. And, uh, and so then, uh, they, they had a comedian and he went up there and you know, that USA hockey had, uh, had filtered him like who the top teams were and we weren't even mentioned. And uh, we were not happy about that. I remember that that was kind of, you know, one of those, uh, one of those locker room billboards, like they didn't even mention us, like not even as a contender. And uh, that did not, that did not sit well with us. And so again, we were just on that mission and then we steamrolled the first game. And then the second game we lost, we were losing three to one, we come back against Alaska and won. Uh, the third game we played Minneapolis, like the owls or the owls. Yeah, that's it. That was it. Yep. I remember we and, I, and I separated my shoulder. I had scored. I had my arms up in the air and I got hit like as I was celebrating, went into the boards and separated my shoulder. And I remember I was like, this can't be happening. I spent way too long here. Like, I can't play. Like, I can't play. Like, this isn't this isn't happening. Like, this is bad. So the next game was the semifinals and I couldn't play. I remember like I tried, I couldn't move my arm and I'm like, this is not happening. All I could do is I remember I, it was just devastating. It was like, I've been here too long to not play in these, in these games. And so, well, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, didn't also, uh, Avink, Hank Avink also, um, he, he got hurt and couldn't play. He Avink couldn't play in the championship game. 
No, Avent got a concussion early. Mike Marchand got a concussion early. Like those guys were, you know, they were they were staples in the lineup, and and they couldn't play. So uh, I remember having a having a meeting with the coaching staff and and uh, and uh, let's see, Doc McCarthy, and uh, Doc was like, okay, listen, like, can you move your shoulder? And he's like, kind of going through different motions, and I'm like, I can't move it. And so then the, the semifinal game, I dressed for warmups and they tried to uh, numb my shoulder and I was just useless. I couldn't, I couldn't shoot a puck. I couldn't catch a puck. I mean, I couldn't feel my arm, but I couldn't do anything else either. And so I didn't play. And it was, like I said, I was pretty devastated. I was like, and we won, thankfully we won. And, and it was awesome. And we won, but it was, it was tough sitting up there watching guys, you know, you know, but thankfully we won. And then we played Suffolk the next day. And I remember waking up and my shoulder, I could move my shoulder and I could use it in where it was semi-effective. And so I dressed and, you know, we won that game. Like rest is history. We won that game. So now, you know, uh, looking at, I was looking at thinking about that, you know, of course you, Bunch of us watched that game. Well, sort of watched the game on Zoom not too long ago, and uh, rewatched that. And thank you to Ferent Satlos for uh, getting the video up. Uh, but uh, the thing that kind of struck me as like um, surprising was how skilled. I mean, again, fewer teams back then, you know, so you had really good players that filtered down the ranks. But uh, there were guys that back then on that team that uh, were able to uh, go and play at, at the collegiate level, whether it be club or uh, actual uh, D3 or, or, I mean, there was a lot of guys that moved on and played hockey at a higher level. Sure. I mean, you've got, you know, Neil Price, who played at Penn State, won, what, three or four national championships after he won the one in Toledo. You had uh, Scott Bricker played. Uh, John Jepson played D1. Mike Marchand, I think he played D3. Um, Bo Jack, I mean, that guy was like a man-child. Um, yeah, he was like, he was playing with his chest hair at age I mean, five. He was, he was 15 years old, had a full goatee. Like, he was a man yeah. and had a bomb. <laughs> he, yeah, I've no. never one of the hardest shots I've ever seen. Oh, bar, bar none. Like one of the hardest. Uh, I mean, you got Rob Kurt, like tough kid. Scott Williamson, like you had some really good hockey players on that team. Stum, Derek Stum was even pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> no, but truthfully, truth be told, I mean, we we pick on Stummer because well, he's 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 our brother, and we love picking on him. But uh, truth be told, that guy. Always, he just he always knew where to be at the right time, and had some awesome hands. He had awesome oh, he hands, had but also, hands. and and the thing is, and then there was that guy number twenty. He was a guy too that he knew. I think probably the thing I can best I can say about you, Cal, is you had a great sense and a great awareness for where to position yourself when when you did when you did not have the puck. So that when the situation arose around the net, that puck always ended up on your stick. And you were well, able to I, do something with it. 
you know, I wasn't a very great skater, so I just knew that goals were scored in front of the net. So I just had to position myself in front and take the take the abuse and, and let the skill guys uh, uh, try to get the puck to me. So but still, you just had that natural ability. But yeah, they weren't they, they weren't like the most sensational highlight reel. But the thing was, is that you still knew how to finish. And that was always an important thing. The fact that you could finish. Even in, even if you took the the abuse and the and the and the uh, cross checks from behind and things like that. Uh, now looking at uh, that, I remember also that game. I remember going into the locker room. I stayed on the air until one o'clock in the morning Toledo time back home, and it you know really? so it was ten o'clock. It was ten o'clock in in California when we when we finally signed off. I go down oh into the locker room. It was a it was an insane asylum in there. It was nuts. I'm watching uh, Ference, who at that point still didn't speak real good English, but he was taught some really uh, in- interesting words. Uh, me, me and Scott Williamson were standing there just laughing at him because he was so happy and and all the he tried to speak English, but all they everyone taught him was cuss words. Yeah, so we would teach him cuss words, and we would teach him like funny cuss words too. So that's all he would use. So like, I remember we would teach him the F word, but we would teach it like F word with New York at the end. So he would say F in New York all the time, and we would just giggle. <laughs> like, it was pretty funny. Or we would teach him. Uh, I remember we taught him one time. He was really upset one game, and I think we taught him. Uh, we said go up to the guy and say buckets off mother you can fill yeah. in the blank and it didn't end up very well for him but it was hilarious he went up he skated up to the guy and in his broken english he said buckets off and uh and they buckets off and and i i think the guy took his took ference's bucket off and and it was uh it didn't end it didn't end well for ference but man what a great player like hard worker to the rink always prepared he was awesome. I loved, you know, Ferentz was, um, he, he was a, a pleasant surprise to line up because, you know, no one knew him. He's from like, what, Transylvania? Like, I, yep. mean, I didn't even think it was a real country. But, I mean, the guy came and, and he worked hard every game. He lived with the Renegers. I mean, he really, he, he really played hard. And, and it was a pleasure to play with, with so many guys, but especially, you know, guys like Ferentz and, and, uh, and Justin Benjamin and, and John A. Vink and Scott Bricker. I mean, Bricker's one of my, he's my best friend. Like, he's like my brother. I mean, we still hang out. We, I was just over with him on Monday at his house and uh, and his kids. And it's just, it was so great. Where's he at was, now? What part, where, where, where does where does he live now, Bricker? Uh, he's in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Wow. So, so that's, a, that's a great relationship. You guys still commute between Columbus and Fort Wayne? Yeah, so he actually, um, we were just on vacation, and uh, he was passing through. I think he stayed at, the, I, I think he just used the garage code and stayed at the house one night, like, on the way through. So, like, yeah, we're just, again, some of the friendships that I've, that I've made through the team is just, they're incredible. I, I mean, Stum, Avon, Kroll, um, let's see, who else? J.D. Ring, Kyle Jennings, like, just, like, lifelong friends. You know, and, and all because we just came together and and, and played played hockey together. You know, and then, but we were all on the same mission. So even yep. homies no. hearing, you still talk to those guys all the time. 
That's yeah, that's saying something. I mean, that the, those are the the uh, hockey is a tie that binds. That's how I yeah, always put absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, Gary Thomas. I mean, same thing. Like you know, like there's just there's so many guys that you still keep in touch with, which is is really incredible. Because I mean, what was it? Twenty, you know, more than twenty years ago. Oh my gosh! Well, it was twenty-two. So you know, I mean, it's just the idea that uh, you know something that special you don't forget. And even the year before, a lot of the guys, you don't remember it because you didn't. A lot of people wouldn't remember it because they didn't win it. But the fact remains is that everybody still remembers that team because of how special they were and how talented they were. And, and let's face it, you know, uh, this this game, this the, that this organization, it has that knack in this game as well for forging lifelong friendships. And, oh, for and sure. That, and just so many funny stories. You know, here's a good one. I, I didn't, I forgot this one. This is, you'll like this. So we were in St. Louis that 90, that's 96, 97, that year that we lost uh, in mm-hmm. the championship game. And we were, uh, we were in St. Louis and one of their defensemen, it must've been in the second period because the, the, the rink was flipped. Like, so they, um, they were shooting on our end. no. It was in, yeah, whatever, first or second period. Anyway, their defenseman was at our blue line, and he shoots and he scores. And he turns, and to celebrate, he turns right to Searing, and he sticks his tongue out. And Searing <laughs> was not happy. So he uh, he sent Kroll out. Like So we go out to the face, like Kroll's on my line, and he's, and, and he's Searing has tapped Kroll on the shoulder. And Kroll knows what to do. You know, he's a tough kid. He thought he was the heavyweight champ of the uh, CSHL at the time. He actually had a shirt made that said that. That was about six oh, times, six sizes too small. <laughs> there's a good there's a good story on that one too. So hold on. I'm I'm getting there, Mick. I'm getting there. But uh, okay. so Kroll comes up to me. They haven't dropped the puck yet. He's like, uh what should I get him? When should I don't know. Like wait till they drop the puck. So they don't even drop the puck. Kroll just goes over and he jumps them. And uh, it was Eric, I think it's Eric Reedy, Reedy, Reedy. Anyways, Curl jumps him and, uh, and they fight. And, and he, read this kid from St. Louis, Turtles. And Curl claims that he skated him around by the back of his pants. But that did not happen, Curl. So don't be making up any lies about that. <laughs> but uh, it was pretty funny. I couldn't believe it. He scored. He turned right to Searing and stuck his tongue right out at him at the head coach. I mean, that takes some guts. You know it's coming yeah. if you do something like that. So, and, but, and it was uh, Reedy. It was or was it? Yeah, it was Reedy, R-E-E-D-Y. Yeah, he was a good player. He was a good defenseman, but, you know, I mean, you can't do that. You can't get away with that. Yeah. You can't let guys get away with stuff like that. But he, uh, <laughs> so Kroll had this shirt, and he and he had it. It was like, I'm not kidding you. I mean, Kroll's a big kid, a big strong. Like, he's always been strong. And he'd had this shirt, and it was like a it was like a kid small, and I mean, so he was just like he looked like the Hulk in it, right? And it said CSHL heavyweight champ. Well, like oh, no. a couple times a week, we would go to the city diner for breakfast. I don't know if you've been there, but yes, I have. Okay, so when we when it was city. open, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would go to the city diner, which was like Hooters for breakfast, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, it was. yeah, that's correct. Well, they called it eggs and legs. Eggs and legs, right? And uh, so we would go there, but the storm would go there too. So it was kind of like, like 
you know, we thought we were the up and coming and that they were the has-beens because just <laughs> we were younger and, and the East Coast at the time wasn't like the greatest hockey, but still way better than what we were playing. And I remember we walked in there and Curl had the shirt on and one of the Storm players saw him and called him out and was like, what's that? And Curl's response, Curl just crumbled too. And he said, it's just our little junior league that we play in. And uh, it was like we played pickup hockey at that point. It was so funny, though. That was, <laughs> he probably still has that shirt. He probably still wears it. <laughs> oh, man. Crawl. That oh, is too funny. Oh, yeah, man. Let's, let's see what else I got. Oh, here's this is a good this – is, this is you'll cry on this one. So we had a goalie who was playing junior A, and I'm not going to name names. But okay. uh, he was uh, – he played junior A. He was a good goalie. And for whatever reason, he ended up coming back to Toledo. And I, I don't know if it was like hurt or he was just trying to make a comeback or what. But uh, he so he comes out to practice and he he must have he was from Toledo area. So he must have invited like two of his girlfriends to practice. Oh, was, no. Oh, this is good. So we're practicing and we're at rink to it at Tamo. And I mean, mm-hmm. no one's in the rink right? Like just us practicing. And all of a sudden these two girls show up like kind of at the same time in the stands, right? All of a sudden, like a full on cat fight starts in the stands. while we're practicing, (laughs) And and the goalie skates over there. He's like banging on the glass to try to get him to stop. And we don't know what to do. Like, we're like, we want to watch, but like, (laughs) we want us to practice. And it was just, it was a, it was hilarious. That was, that was a good one. Oh man! Oh, I, I can picture you guys over there egging them on. You know, keep going, keep going. You know, <laughs> I just remember the coaches. I think they send the goalie off the ice and just like get out. Like this, you can't do this. Like you can't do this. But man, I, I will tell you what, that was pretty funny. Man, that was funny. Now, Two now girls did fighting in the stands at a practice over a goalie. I know, uh, but uh, <laughs> now. Um, did was there what kind of craziness did you guys do in the, in the bus on bus trips? Well, we didn't take buses. We, oh, we back- had to drive in our own cars. We we didn't really? have a room. We had, so we had to carry carry our bags, and we never had a bus trip. The only thing we got was um, the plane ride to and from St. Louis. Oh, yeah, wow! And uh, yeah, we didn't. There was no buses for us. But uh, and the plane rides were pretty fun. Like we would go there once, maybe twice a year, maybe one. It was I think it was once a year we'd go play two games. They would come to us. Mm-hmm. But we would do, um, you know, at the airport again pre nine eleven. We were we would kind of own the plane one because there would be so many of us, and uh, we'd be in our tracksitos and uh, you know thinking we were pretty hard trick. Like where you'd take the dollar and you'd attach it to some like fishing line. And you'd put it in the middle of the uh, the terminal, and we like all of us would kind of be waiting around, and someone would come, and they'd see the dollar, they'd go to pick it up, and we'd we'd pull it away from them, and everyone <laughs> would laugh. I remember we oh. I remember we would joke, we would be like, "There's more people watching us with the dollar trick that come to our than, than come to our games." So we <laughs> we would have a bigger audience for the uh, for the dollar trick at the airport than than actually we're at our uh, you know at some of our home games. Oh my gosh, that is funny. Well, you got to remember too. Back then, we most of our home games were done by like October. 
because uh, we played the we, they front loaded us with all our home games in September and October because of high school. And so they we only had like a couple of games, if that, uh, into the second half of the season. Well, yeah, not only that, most of most of the home games were on Sunday afternoon at like three forty-five with Cherokee people blasting in the background. Yep, you know. So, oh, of uh, course. Oh, yeah. It's just, and, this and I remember. Yeah, you know, and I still I still remember too. Uh, when I first started there, they had they didn't have uh, fifteen minute intermissions. They had twelve. I yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I know it was a full twenty, tw- like twenty minute warm up, twenty minute periods. I thought we had twenty yeah. minute. I thought we had twenty minute intermissions. No, no, no. The only we it was always fifteen. That's standard. But back then, for some reason, we had and especially on Sundays, we always had twelve minute intermissions. That way, if like if we played. If, uh, St. Louis had a flight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I think if St. Louis had a flight to catch or something like that, so we were, I mean, we'd get out in a hurry. We'd get in and out, get the game in and go. But uh, yeah, that was, that was oof. Uh, those were some yeah, crazy we times. Some early ones. Yeah, that was, yep. that was fun. But, you know, they, they uh, you know, they played the music and then had the national anthem. I mean, it was, it was, uh, they tried to make it as, as professional as, as they, as they could. And it, it was fun. We, we had a blast. Like we thought we were, you know, we were playing the, the stuff. NHL. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so it was exciting. You know, and so, okay. So let's now talk real quick here. We only got a couple minutes left. Let's talk here about, uh, Mike Kellemeyer post hockey, uh, coaching in the horizon. Uh, what kind of stuff did you do to stay in the game? Sure. So, um, I coached, uh, when I got out, I, I went right into coaching and, uh, then I coached, um, I actually went to, I coached, uh, high school and then I coached, uh, a 15, a U 15 team triple uh, a team and then i actually went and coached uh for half a season for the danville dashers in the federal hockey league which was uh i mean we could do a whole yeah. podcast on that and, and uh, it I, was I, about what we expect i i mean exactly so i mean the first game that i saw so so here's what happened is, is that the 15 year old team was practicing uh in danville so i would have i had kids from all over the country but i had four kids in out of Chicago and Illinois and they would come to Danville like every Wednesday and I would go I would go to Danville early and I'd actually contact the coach I was like hey you know maybe I could learn some drills or 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 what but um maybe learn something about coaching from you because you know it was it was a pro level single a and uh so he was like yeah yeah you know like come on over and when I went there I was like this guy like I know more about hockey than this. Like I know more about coaching at where I'm at now than like what this guy does. Like it's, this is embarrassing. Like this is bad. Right. And so they ended up firing him and I ended up taking over for half a season. So like the first game that I had, like that was the first time I'd ever watched these guys play like the whole league play. And it was a tough league, right? It's federal hockey league. Like the iron first game. So the first game, there was no fights. Second game, there was no fights. Third game, we have a 17-minute brawl, and I end up in a coach's fight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was like <laughs> on ESPN and everything. It was out of control. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, That so, is insane. Uh, 
it was insane. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I only coached half a season there and, and, uh, and then I went back to my 15 year old team. And, uh, I mean, quite frankly, the 15 year old team was paying about triple what the, even with the, the, uh, single A team was paying. And, uh, <laughs> and so then I coached for a lot for a while. We had our second kid and, and it was time to, uh, as the wife would say, get a real job. So, uh, uh-huh. now I've got an eight and a Rip. three year old daughter and, and I'm, driving uh, i'm a delivery driver for ups and uh it's a good gig but there's just not a lot of time for hockey well there's nothing wrong yeah well i mean at least not yet i mean you may get into a spot where you'll be able to because i think there's still some more of that uh, that uh irascible humor that is mike kellemeyer you can't you can't completely give that game up i'm sorry it's, oh, I it's love it. entrenched it's, in I you love I love coaching. I love helping kids. Um, it's been great. I mean, I think I've got uh, seven kids playing D1 this year, which is uh, the kids that I've coached. I mean, I don't know if I had a direct uh, involvement in that or not, but uh, hopefully. Uh, but we had such good coaches. In, 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 I mean, we had such good coaches in Toledo. And, and Zion ended up coaching me for six years total because he, he did two at Eastern as well. And, and he was such a mastermind coach. I mean, he wasn't the greatest bench boss because he got pretty emotional pretty quick. But, man, what a, what a mastermind of the game. And I learned real so tactician. much from that, man. Oh, unbelievable. And then you had Omi, who's, you know, he's Omi. you got to love Omi. And I mean, complete <laughs> players coach. I mean, beat up Brian Smolinski in, like, a men's league game. Like, come on. Like, who is that? It's like Toledo <laughs> royalty. Uh, oh, that's true. But uh, I think Brad Smolinski's mom chased uh, Todd into the locker room, too, by the way. But I don't know that for sure. I'll, I'll um, ask him that when I do do a podcast with him. him. But he, uh, I mean, he was great. And then you had Searing. Searing was, he was a great bench boss. I mean, he was he was kind of the, the rock star of the band. And, uh, and, and he led us, you know, to... to to a lot of wins. I mean, it's again, those three were the greatest mix of coaches that I, I think that, that anyone could have. I mean, I, I owe a lot to those guys, um, not only hockey wise, but just learning about life and growing up and hard work. And, and so they were great. It was, um, I can't say good enough good things about those guys, you know, I mean, and they were young, they weren't, they weren't that old when they were coaching us. They were only, I was talking to Todd today. I think he, you know, he was only like 26. I mean, we were 19. Twenty. Yeah, yeah. I was older. older I was older than all y'all. So, yeah. Oh man. So, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a dinosaur. But uh, <laughs> I, I just look at at you guys now, and I'm just like, you know, I always refer to, you know, even though you guys are now are uh, adults, you've got kids of your own, and they're starting to grow up and everything. It's like they're still our kids. You know, that's just how you look at them. You always will. And no matter what, they're just our kids. It's like with you, with your with your U-15s uh, and stuff. Now that they're starting to come into their own, they're still going to be your kids, you know? Sure. And, yeah, I, and always things say, like, I always say, like, you don't get the instant, the instant um, gratification from coaching. You know, it, it always comes years down the line when those kids come back to you and they, they call you coach or they say, you know, what a great time they had. And, and, and then that's what makes it, really worthwhile or, or you taught me all of this and 
and and it's you're pretty thankful for to just being able to go out there and, and do something you enjoy and have fun teaching the kids and, and at the time they're kids but it, it's really nice to see those kids come back and and again like you said have families of their own and, and get married and just be like productive you know people of society really it's 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 a lot of fun it's really neat to see and i, I would imagine that it's Tyrion and Homie and, and Zion, you know, it's nice to see their, I mean, they, they coach a lot of guys. So it's nice to probably keep in touch and, and, and just talk to those guys and see, see how they're doing now. But yeah, it's pretty fun. We had a weekly poker game and I mean, you know, Zion or not Zion, but Searing and, uh, Searing and Omi were playing. It was, it was fun. We had a great time. Like still, oh, 20, you know, 20 years later, <laughs> 25 years later. Well, yeah, I was gonna say you got. It's like you you don't give up that 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 magic. You know, once it's there, it's there. But uh, man, Kel, man, it it feels like it's only been ten minutes. Seriously. Oh man, yeah. I, I mean, there's just it was so many. You know, I had so many great years there. So many funny stories too, and, and we didn't even touch on like something like well, we couldn't touch on some of them, but. Well, yeah, well was, mostly involving the apartment, but. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's uh, that was good. I mean, even in even that year that we won, remember? I mean, we had to go like to, remember Franklin Park Mall. We would go to Franklin Park Mall all the time and hang out, and they, just in the food yeah. court, like we were mall rats. We would My go gosh. after practice. Oh. There'd be like fifteen of us. It, it just we just we were a gang. Like we did, did everything you... together. Do you have like a, a photographic memory? Because I mean, you're a kid from Fort Wayne. How do you remember the name of the mall as being Franklin Park Mall? I mean, I was there for four years, Mick. I mean, I know the name of the mall. I mean, we would go there. Uh, Franklin yeah. Park Mall. But remember, we had to also that year that we did win, we would have to go and carry people's somehow we had a we had a like a travel or we had a fundraiser coordinator that year. And we would have to uh, wear our jerseys and a Santa hat at the mall and carry people's packages to the car. Oh, for tips, wasn't it? For like tips, and I think the mall might have kicked in some plane tickets. I don't know. I don't know the whole story, but we, yeah. So we would have all these fundraisers that we would do, and then oh and then God. when we won, they had they had a huge banquet, and Bobby Hall came. Yeah, that was at the Pinnacle. I remember that. I remember that uh, we were uh, we actually it was one of the few times we actually made it in the newspaper, uh, for, but we made it in the society page uh, <laughs> because the, the society reporter, the society reporter, she was sitting at my table and uh, oh my she was gosh. sitting there watching everything going on. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, just shut up. <laughs> I just I looked at her. I just I remember that there was a huge ice. Well, it was, it was pretty big. It was a huge ice sculpture of the um, of the Cherokee head, and uh -huh. that made its way back to the apartment that night. And there was a big party at that apartment that night. <laughs> big. Oh my goodness! There's gonna. I'm gonna have to. Uh, we'll have to sit down and, and. Well, first of all, we are planning to do another alumni game coming up here in the near not but we're gonna do we're gonna split it up so that the older guys play the older guys and the younger guys can play the younger guys because i can't have no 40 something year olds playing against a, a 22 or 23 year old and uh who you know you, you the the liability alone would be 
<laughs> It'd be pretty bad. I so, mean, um, Mick, I had my hip replaced last year. That's how old I am at this point. I'm not skating anywhere. So oh, yeah, oh, that's um, you yeah, can no, you can at least uh, go behind the bench. So I mean, that would be <laughs> yeah. Fun. So yeah, it'd be great. I mean, and, and that's the thing, you know. And I know that that you know when when Doc McCarthy and I know we've talked about this a little bit when Doc McCarthy owned the team and and Chuck and, and Chris were a big part of the team. And then it changed ownership hands. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're just, you know, the alumni are, are the, uh, the guys that, that played in those years, those early years. I mean, we want to be part of it. We want to be part of the Cherokee organization. You know, we want to be, we, we want to feel like that family again. Like, I don't know. Like it just feels, you know, right now, like too different. And, and plus with the league changes and everything, like, we know it's not the same, but we all, you know, we're Cherokees. Like that's just the way it is. So yeah. I mean, I'm always proud to say that I, I played for that team, and uh, no it's exciting about it. It's awesome. Well, well, my friend, uh, man, like I said, jeez, I, I, I could spend another hour easy listening to you tell stories and, and just going back and forth. But uh, unfortunately, uh, we, we do gotta, we do gotta wind her down. Uh, before we go, any, do you have any questions for me as far as, let's see, uh, you going to make a no. comeback this year, Mick, or what? <laughs> no, no, the boss has got me lock, stock and retired, but I, I'll still pop in. I still go to, uh, I'll still go to a couple games a year and stuff and everything. Uh, I've, I mean, I've had opportunities and stuff like that, but, uh, right now, this has been keeping me busy. You wouldn't believe the response I've had from people uh, wanting to be a part of this. I mean, not only being interviewed, but I mean, outside, you know, business-wise. Oh, awesome. I mean, it's been it's been a huge uh, uh, surprise to me, you know, but I think it's something that we needed because, you know, uh, these guys, you know, everyone goes their separate ways and you get the, the clicks of groups of guys that, you know, from their year, they stay tied to those guys alone. Well, there's stories to be told throughout the, you know, the younger guys that I talk to now, they need to know about our past. They need to know about guys like you and then, and, and before you, you know, whether it's uh, Adam Edinger or, you know, John Cotton, Jason Renninger, oh. uh, you know, guys like that. And then you got you, uh, JB, uh, Neil, uh, just and then and then later on, but there's a strong history here for this organization, and I just think it's a really neat thing to be able to kind of what I'm doing is I'm just trying to tie it all together in the form of stories and just a few laughs. Oh, I think you're doing a great job. I, I mean, I've listened to a couple podcasts and I've learned a couple things, and and they're uh, it's awesome. It's pretty cool. But like you said, it's awesome to to hear to hear the stories of of the the guys that kind of started the team that started playing, you know, in the early years. And it's, and it's interesting to hear the young kids and, it, and I mean, young kids and like even current players, like I'd love to hear some of the current players take. And I know that, you know, even from my experience coaching, the mentality has, has changed a little bit where the Toledo Cherokee are, are kind of a stepping stone of younger players to, to move on. But when that wasn't an option when we were young, like when we were playing, it was the older player, the, you know, big, strong, like big guys, like they loved big, slow guys for whatever reason. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, and it was, it was all like 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds, you know, 17, it was 18, 19, 20 year olds. Really. It was only an exception was like 
there was only like one or two guys on your team that were 15, 16, or 17. Everyone else was old. Most of them were out of school. So, wow. you know, it is interesting to hear um, the differences. But there's, what, 400 leagues now too, right? I mean, how many leagues yeah, are there? Right. How many teams are in these leagues? Yeah, you know, you know. You, and you've got the uh, well, between USA hockey and AAU. I mean, there's just a ton of leagues. So you know, right. yeah, there's and and hockey is spread. You know, there's a lot more options for kids to play, and there are a lot more kids interested in taking the sport up. So well, that and, also and the one thing you know, the last game that I went to the Cherokee game. I mean, it was you could tell there was there was a lot of skill level there. Um, and, and again, I, I would imagine like when we played, there was like skill level, but like the creativity now, I mean, just the way the game has changed. I mean, we played with two line pass and touch icing and, and where you could slash guys and hook guys as long as you were moving your feet. You know, I mean, it was pretty the hook and hold era. Like we were in the hook and hold era. I mean, that's why we won because of the system that we were taught was, you know, we played a one, two, two, and it was. It was a defensive system, but I mean, it was prep. Like we had to hook and hold. Like that's the way it worked, and and we did it, and, and we, you know. But yeah, it's, so it is interesting to see how the game has evolved, but how the player and the, and the the attitude has evolved as well. So, yeah, I have to agree with you there, my friend. Well, um, and like I said, I appreciate you taking the time hanging out with me, man. It's been a wonderful podcast. Uh, great going down memory lane. And, oh, man, sure. I haven't laughed like this in a while. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, I hope, uh, hope it, I, I kept it enough PG for you. No, that, yeah, that was the, that was what, I mean, you, you, we treaded lightly there a couple of times, but uh, <laughs> you did a very good job. You did a great job of keeping it keeping it decent and uh i only have to edit out one bad word so that's it oh that's it okay all right well yeah. that's, that's that's right and, and it wasn't even it, and it wasn't even an f-bomb i had to do uh, that with ben right i didn't i didn't edit out a, i had to edit out a f-bomb from that and it took me like three it took me probably three hours because every time i went to edit it out i kept he talked so fast i'd miss i'd miss the beginning so you would he'd sit there and go what the blank and i'm going oh man and I'd try oh, to man. move it back, and it's like, oops. So, but that's the fun so of this, though. Funny. You know? Yeah, it was just, it again, it was, uh, it was a great time. Uh, I mean, it was a great way to spend my uh, my late teens and early 20, well, up into 20. I mean, and again, just the people that, that were involved were just, they were, it was it was great. It was a great experience, and, and I hope that um, some of these young kids get to, that, that are playing on the team now or, that we're able to experience, able to experience um, not only the people, but the friendships and, and just the camaraderie that you get, you know, wearing that, wearing that Cherokee sweater. So, yes, indeed. I agree. Well, Mike, thank you again, buddy. I appreciate you doing this and uh, I promise we'll keep in touch and we'll, uh, we'll do something like this again, man. We've got too many <laughs> stories. We may have to do like a, uh, 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 like a, if we get everybody together for an alumni game or for a reunion, uh, for the national championship team. And I'll just put a couple of microphones out and we'll just sit there and let you guys have at it. Oh boy. That'll be a lot of editing for you. <laughs> Get a seven second delay and there'd be like nothing to broadcast. Oh but I mean, I've got so would, many stories yeah. I can tell you offline. You would just blow your mind. The things that happened that year, it, it was amazing. Like, first of all, I'd never played on a team that was like that separated. 
97-98 team. Like we were like we weren't close. We were close in the locker room, but like off the ice, we weren't really that close. You had four different clicks going on. So, but when we knew when we put on that sweater, like it was it was game on and we all respected each other. We all respected what each other could do and 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 we played hard. But yeah, I mean, some of the things again, the apartment guys, like we were we were in a different world at the time. <laughs> oh man and of course now uh do, do, now do your wives know like you and brick do your wives know the uh some of the legends of the of the apartment yeah like my wife always told me i should write a book but like i don't want to like again we'd go to jail like i mean some of the things that happened <laughs> i'm telling you like we would go to jail yeah I understand like some of the parties that we had, like, I mean, we would have a party, yeah. We, I, God. you know, I mean, some of the things here, I, I have, um, God, I, I gotta tell you this, Mick. I got it. The first night in the apartment is, God, this has got to be the best one, too. I gotta tell it to you. You gotta, you, you can edit it how you want it, but you gotta hear this one because this is just fantastic. So, I shared a room with Diachin, right? Okay, and we had bunk beds. And he slept on the All top right. bunk because I'm too scared to sleep out on the top bunk. I mean, I'm 20. I'm not sleeping on the top bunk. Yeah. So the, it was our first night in the apartment, our first like, full night. The next day, uh, Zion is going to come over and like make sure that we're moved in properly. And we've got food in the fridge, you know, just food in the fridge. And that we're not we're not living like bums. And yeah. uh, that night, the night before, we'd go to Bowling Green because there's a couple players that we played with that are at Bowling Green now. And so we go and see uh, like Brandon Rogers and who else? John Cotton. There's a couple guys that played the year before. And we're at a party, right? We're at a college party. We're 1920 already. Like, you know what happens. It's not yes. very good. Right. We get back to the apartment. And I remember I wake up in the morning and it stinks in the apartment bad. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, I'm kind of hung over at this point and I'm like, God, just like cover myself up. Like, I just got to go to sleep here. This is, okay. This is too early, but Zion's coming over. So we got to make sure we clean up and make sure everything looks all right. But the stench is so bad in the apartment, right? Especially yeah. in my room. It's bad. So I finally, I get up and I go to wake Nick up and he's covered in his own poo from <laughs> his feet to his shoulders because he's so drunk that he, he went number two in his own bed and oh rolled my around goodness. all night long. <laughs> so now we got to get the stench out. We got to clean out his sheets. We got to do everything. And, and he's got... It looks like he's got mud on his legs. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the. Oh my gosh! So did you guys get apartment. it done in time? You know what? I hightailed it out of there and let those guys deal with it. Oh, my it was God. it was ugly. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty funny, but uh, to look back on it, man, that was that was funny. He ended up with Mickey Mouse sheets the rest of the year because he had to throw his <laughs> sheets away. <laughs> Only Diachin. I mean, that just sounds so, so Nicky. It sounds so him. Oh my yeah, we God. Drove, I remember we drove it. Yeah, it, it was crazy. It was pretty funny. So yeah, that's a good one. So I don't know if you'll keep that one in or not, but man, was that funny. I'll, 
you you cleaned it up enough. We can we can we can keep it up. <laughs> but Cal, right, I appreciate good. you taking the time, buddy. Man, thanks so much for this. And uh, this was gold, man. This was just gold. I appreciate it. And uh, I tell you what, like I said, we will talk again. And we'll and even whether we do it as a podcast or just to just to catch up on Zoom or something with some of the other guys sure. and hang out. We need we need to do that again. So I appreciate right. you taking Sounds the like time. We'll talk, talk. We'll talk soon. So All that's right. going to do it Thanks for us. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen. Don't forget, uh, we drop these every Wednesday and Saturday. This is, of course, being the Saturday edition. But we thank you for uh, hanging out and for uh, fo- give us a follow. Go over on the Podbean website and uh, for the uh, podcast and give us a follow. And we'll talk to you again. Again, this is episode eleven of the Cherokee Rewind. For Mike Kellemeyer, I'm Mick saying so long, and we'll talk to you again next time.